When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Athletic. Let's talk about six, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about six. Simakas. Salah! Welcome back to the uh, Red Agenda. So Lurgan lavishing the praise on Sadio Mane after his 100th goal for the Reds and setting a ridiculous new record in the process against Palace. Mane, Salah, rotation, Canate, plenty on the agenda and of course title talk as well. It is the Red Agenda. I'm Steve Hothersall and James Pearce and a returning Simon Hughes on today's pod. Welcome back, Si. Oh, thanks, Steve. Yeah, you had, a, you had a, a week away from the action. Yeah, yeah, I went to Spain. It's good, it's good to switch off. Um, didn't really get to see much football or um, follow it even on the TV. It was a pretty remote place, so it's quite nice. But I uh, feel ready to go again. So yeah, that's, that's why we've got him on the pod, James, because he hasn't seen any football for the last <laughs> week. No, it works really well with this red. The same. The same I'll, I'll, <laughs> we usually get from him. Let me qualify that then. I did go to the Liverpool match on Saturday, so here you go. <laughs> All right, let's 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 kick it off with a bit of Sadio Mane. What a significant milestone for Mane. Um, so halfway through the first half, he scores against Palace, gets himself into the illustrious 100 club, which is remarkable in itself. But the fact that he's scored in how many consecutive games against Palace? Who wants to kick this off? James, go on. What's he on now? Yeah, new Premier League record, wasn't it? Nine, nine successive league meetings against against Palace he, he Sadio Mane scored in no no player in the Premier League era has has done that ma- that much damage to the same team over and over again I think Robin Van Persie had scored in eight league meetings against Stoke in a row I think that was the the previous record that Sadio shared so um, yeah he's out on his own now I think there was a there was a nice quote from him afterwards where he, his big beaming smile lit up the place and he said um, I just wish I could play against Crystal Palace every weekend but um to be fair to him, he you know he's done a pretty good job. Whoever he's whoever he's come up against, I think um, yeah. When you look at the numbers, they are massively impressive. You know, hundred goals, thirty six assists in two hundred and twenty four games, and I think you know, the other factor you have to consider in that is there's no penalties in there. You know, that he's he's had to work for 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 those goals, and he I think you know you could almost make a strong claim for so many of the players that Jurgen Klopp has recruited over the years being 
you know, that, you know, that one was integral, that one was transformative. But I think with Sadio Mane, he was the one that, that set it all off, really. I think you know, he was the first major sign in a Klopp's reign. He was the reason, more than anyone else, that Liverpool got into that Champions League in Klopp's first full season, getting that top four finish. Um, and when, you know, I think if you want to laugh, look back at the replies, I think, to the Sky Sports tweets when they tweeted that Liverpool had agreed a fee with with Southampton for, for Sadio Mane because um, there was a lot of moaning and groaning. And uh, when you think, what, five years on, he's now a part of the 100 club and he's a, he's a bona fide Liverpool legend. Yeah, because we, we talk about transformative signings and we're all too quick size to jump on Alisson and Virgil van Dijk. But it was interesting looking at that game at the weekend. You've got Christian Benteke, who was the man who made way, wasn't he, really, with, with Sadio Mane coming in? Yeah. yeah. Well, I remember the game at Anfield when Southampton came uh, in Klopp's first season, first couple of months, in fact. And um, if I remember correctly, somebody might correct me here, but I'm, I'm sure Mane scored the equaliser for Southampton that night and then got sent off. Is that right? Um, and I remember... I hadn't really watched him that closely until that game. And I thought, oh, he's a good player, him. You know, he's aggressive, got a bit of nasty about him, uh, spiky sort of character on the pitch. I remember thinking he'd be, he'd be good for Liverpool. And, you know, within by the end of the season, he'd then, uh, you know, scored maybe, was it a hat-trick against Liverpool at, at St Mary's, am I right in saying? Uh, am I wrong about that? He scored certainly a couple of goals at St Mary's. Uh, and, yeah, for me, I mean, he... he he is a sort of prototype clock player, really, in terms of the way he is on the pitch and aggressive, hardworking, uh, selfless, uh, all those sorts of qualities you associate with, with Liverpool under Klopp. So he was the first, as James says, the first of the, the big signings that, that, that came through the door in that summer. And when, when you score the goal that he scored against Arsenal um, on his debut, you sort of just know he's going to be great, don't you? I mean... I always remember that James's famous tweet and uh, Sadio Mane is climbing on Klopp's back. I mean, it was a surreal sight that wasn't it? <laughs> uh, every now and again, you retweet that, don't you, James? Just to sort of evoke uh, happy memories. But yeah, he's he's been a brilliant player for Liverpool, and um, I know there's been a few question marks this season. Well, last season, the start of this season, but he seems to be to me just to be getting up and running again now. And uh, the goal he scored against Crystal Palace was. It was a bit of a poacher's goal, really, just just there in the right place, the right time. Quite a diff- difficult finish in, in some ways because he was coming at it from a slightly awkward angle and had to lift the shot. Um, but yeah, I, I'd expect him, you know, between now uh, and the next, well, certainly over the next couple of weeks, his form to, to, to get even better. I mean, the size of the achievement's massive. We should give a shout out to Kiva and, and Mark Carey, who've done a brilliant piece on the Athletic now, running down his 100 goals. So, starting with the goal against Arsenal. So, so check that out. Um, Jurgen says it's a big one, given the history of the club. And actually, the fact he's got sort of John Barnes in his sights maybe, maybe sums it up. Is he level with Kevin Keegan now? Is that right, James? Yeah, 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 that's right. I think he's the 18th, isn't he, player in, in Liverpool's entire history. To get to three figures, um, so yeah, I think it does. It when you when you think you know level with Keegan closing in on on John Barnes, it just provides some context, doesn't it, to to what he has done over the past five years. And I think you know he hasn't. I don't think he's been at his absolute sparkling best in probably the last twelve months. Um, which, but I think that's probably you know a lot of the talk around him probably is a result of just the ridiculous heights that he did set for. 
you know, previous to that, when you you know, when you think back to the the caliber of the some of the goals he scored both domestically and in Europe, you know, one one of my favourites is that you know the, the first touch from that lofted Van Dijk pass against Bayern Munich, um, in in the Allianz, and you know, just just the way he absolutely mugged off, you know, Manuel Neuer, which you know doesn't happen very often. Um, so yeah, he's I think you know what was it two years ago I think for the FIFA best. A World Eleven awards, you know, Lionel Messi voted Sadio Mane as is, you know, the best player in world football. I think the same year he was crowned African Footballer of the Year. So he, you know, when you think that when Liverpool signed him, a lot of the talk was, you know, it, you know, he's he's capable of flashes of brilliance, but he lacked consistency. That was always the thing that was that was thrown in his direction. I think you know, I remember speaking to people at Southampton when Liverpool signed him, and that was like, well. You know, it, it they they would they they felt that it was a bit of a gamble for someone who almost went on little streaks, um, and then they felt as if you know he he disappeared for a while, and that that's you know you can see just how much his game has evolved under Klopp, um, into one of the most potent you know gifted all round attacking players in in world football because it's not just it's not just the damage he's done in the final third, it's you know his his work ethic is absolutely ridiculous. You know the, he, he's so integral to the way the team press, the way they win win the ball back when they don't have possession of the ball, and um, yeah, and I think you know I think there's been times in the early stages of this season where you felt like he was probably still lacking a bit of belief in front of goal, um, but you know I think I think that hopefully will will really spur him on now because. Um, for someone so gifted, you know, last season was disappointing for him in terms of a goal return, and um, you know, on the back of a proper break this summer and no major tournaments, you know, the hope is that you know we will see him back up at that kind of you know twenty twenty five goal a season mark. Yeah, and, and maybe Salah's form might lift him there as well. Just a bit of googling, Sai, because honestly, I couldn't I couldn't remember when you talked about his hat tricks. So um, on Google, it says he only he's well, he's never scored. He never scored a Premier League hat trick. It's no, it was obviously it? three times for uh, Southampton against Villa. In two minutes fifty six ah, seconds. Yeah. Yes, he did, he, he did. He did some damage against Liverpool at St Mary's, though, didn't he? He, he came off the bench and scored twice in a three-two yeah. win. That's the one. There yeah. you go. There's the fountain yeah. of knowledge happening there. Um, yeah, I mean that form last season was a little bit weird, wasn't it? No one was expecting it. Maybe he was a victim of no fans in the stadium as well. But I just mentioned their side. Given how strong Mo Salah started the season, and there is a little bit of competition, I think, between them goals-wise. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just looking at the numbers. Actually, there's some. I mean, I'm not usually a data man, as you know, Steve. But I'm gonna I'm gonna reel off some stats here, which I think actually quite quite interesting. So, um, I mean, Mane now is the 17th top goal scorer in Liverpool's history. To enter the top 10. He's probably going to have to score another fifty goals for Liverpool, which, which is quite interesting because Salah is tenth at the moment, having scored one hundred and thirty. You'd expect obviously he's going to increase and go up the rankings, but the next person who's ninth is Harry Chambers with one hundred and fifty-one goals actually for Liverpool. Now the the really interesting thing here, you mentioned Salah. Um, he, I mean, his goals to game ratio is. Is the second best in the top ten in Liverpool's history. It's even better than Ian Rush. Um, I think. Let me just check. It's it's one point six one goal um, uh, games to goals ratio, which is which is better than Rush. Um, you know, if, if people talk about Salah. Can he? You know, what what can he do? You know, the rest of his career. I mean, I I I was 
so impressed by him on Saturday. I mean, I, I think he's getting better year on year on year. Like he's refining his game a little bit. Um, I think his appreciation of space and uh, his teammates as well has, has improved. You know, he was just absolutely brilliant on Saturday. It was a world class performance. I thought just particularly down the, the you know the right hand side in the first half. I was in the the centen or the centenary Kemlin Road stands, Upper Kenny stand, whatever you want to call it. And he, he was just so, so good, so in control of everything that he was doing. Um, and I, I genuinely think he could play for a, a long, long time. You know, he's, you know, he, he very, very rarely gets any injuries. He looks great. You know, every time he takes his top off, puts uh, puts me and J James to shame. Um, maybe not James, because he does go to the gym a lot. But yeah, James James is a big gym head, so he'd argue otherwise. But, um, but yeah, I, I think he could play for an awfully long time. I mean, I, I, could he, could he... Could he even challenge Ian Rush in terms of goals? 130, well, he's 200 goal, 216 goals behind at the moment. Yeah, Rushy, yeah. 346, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he could play for an awfully long time. So I think he's one of those players who could be like sort of the freak, sort of Ronaldo type player who could go on and on. It's whether he decides to stay at Liverpool for the rest of his career or whether Liverpool wants him to stay. Um, but yeah, the, 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 I mean, I just think the numbers Salah's, Salah's uh, achieved just absolutely incredible. Really, you'd expect him at least to enter the top, the top five Liverpool goal scorers of all time by the time he leaves. I, I would say. Um, but yeah, yeah, the two of them have been absolutely brilliant, integral, and totally different players, totally different personalities. Um, I think you sometimes need that in a, in, a, in a football team. Not not everybody has to be sort of best mates all the time and. You know, they, they challenge each other and drive each other on, and um, they've both been just absolutely brilliant signings for Liverpool. There's no other way of looking at it. You, you skated over that bit where he took his top off. I, I don't think there's a man or a woman in that stadium who doesn't enjoy that, if you take that in the, in the, in the right man. I mean, he's got the most ridiculously chiselled physique. Oh. It's almost like he thinks he wants to show everyone well, what well, he's got, isn't it? There is an element to that, you know, Steve, because when, <laughs> when, when, I, when I went to Egypt, um, you can read all about that trip on the Athletic if you still want to. Um, like I, I was speaking to some of his old teammates, you know, when he was he played in Egypt as you know he was a teenager, um, playing for Arab contractors, and they all said, you know, he was so different to the other players in terms of the amount of time he spent in the gym, just constantly looking after his body, he'd seen sort of what Ronaldo had done the way sort of the best European footballer looked, and he said, I have to be like that to be at my best. So there is, you know, this isn't done just for show. It's done because he feels that that allows him to to compete to the highest possible level. Um, and when when he scores, I think he's, you know, he, there is a reason why he does that. Um, I think, and even uh, it was worth the booking, wasn't it? I mean, he, it was quite good. He totally lost himself, didn't he, on Saturday when he scored? Sally, he was really, he's quite quite emotional about it. And I saw some of his. Um, his tweets afterwards, I think, you know, he, he was he was really into it. Even like some of the got sometimes I think he sort of tries to be quite calm in his celebrations. But on Saturday, he really enjoyed that one right in front of the clock. I mean, when, when you volley, you know, a volley from 10 yards, perfectly taken. Can't be many better feelings than that, I'd imagine. It's, it's almost embarrassing, James, when even the referee apologises to the player for booking him. <laughs> You've got to that point now, haven't you? He's just... He's taking his top off. Everyone wants to see it. And then the ref says, I'm sorry. Here you go. Here's your yellow card. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just one of those ridiculous rules, isn't it? I don't, I don't I don't understand why it's still there, to be honest. But um, 
I don't think he looked remotely bothered, did he? I think, um, no. <laughs> as Simon said, I think you know there was a real outpouring of uh, of emotion there, and it was, it's just been you know a, a, he is he has set the tone for this magnificent start to the season. I think what what we six games in, if you include the, the Champions League, and you know he scored in he scored in five of them, hasn't he? And um, you know, and again, just so much more to his game than than just goals. And you know, it was a brilliant header from you know to to create the the opening goal um, from Simicus's delivery. And you know, I'm you know, I'm sure we'll come on to that. You can you know, it's quite a rarity that you see Liverpool win three 0 and all all three come from corners. But again, you know, I I think that is is down to kind of attention to detail and. And all the work they put in on that over the over the summer, because um, you know, that's that's not just a coincidence. That was you know, and that, that first one was a, a fantastic header to force a really good save. And as Simon said before, I thought Marnie made a difficult finish look look ridiculously easy. And um, yeah, that that threat from set pieces has has really intensified on the back of obviously Van Dijk's return, Matip's return, and. Canate, who I'm sure will come on to. I thought it was a, a really promising debut from him. So just on the corners one then, it, it's Trent off corners now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be happy with that. He will not be happy no, with that. No, well, it's interesting. You know, obviously brilliant player. Sometimes people have a little nitpick at his defending and sometimes they nitpick his corners, don't they? Yeah, well, I think I think the, the, the frustration is always, isn't it? The, the number of corners that Liverpool... You know, Liverpool always force a ridiculous number, don't they? Because they... They tend to dominate possession to that that degree and and have so much of the ball. Um, and you know, I think the frustration is the number of times when it doesn't beat the first man. When you know, but when when you when when the ball is delivered into the right areas, as we saw on Saturday, you know, the, the Liverpool are you know are really potent in 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 that department because you know even even on Saturday, obviously a lot of the two centre backs didn't score. I thought you know the the second goal you know Salah's goal came from that didn't it? I think you know it was Canate and Van Dijk causing havoc. I'm sure probably for the first one, it, you know it was a great run from Salah, but I'm sure part of that was minds being so preoccupied by you know who's got Van Dijk, who's got Canate. Those are clearly the two massive aerial threats here, and then even even for the you know the third one you know you know, fantastic volley from, from Naby Keita. But again, you know, I think, I think it was actually Salah himself, wasn't it, who, who delivered that corner. Simicus put in the, the two for the, the, the first and the second goals. And then, you know, a, a, the keeper punches under pressure and, and Keita sends it back with interest. So, um, so yeah, I th- I'm, I'm sure we'll still see Trent on, on, on some corners. But yeah, I think you, you've got to, you know, Simicus, his, his, his quality from set pieces is a, is, a, is a decent asset for the club. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's talk about the, the back four. We'll get to Canati in just a second, but an entirely different back four than from the Milan game, side, which is a real surprise if you're talking about a team like Liverpool. So Milner, Virgil, Canate, Simicus, 
Um, bit of a scare right at the start. Both both posts were, were scraped, weren't they? And I suppose there was a little bit of an element of nervousness from Canate initially, but he went on to have a fantastic game. Well, I thought it was quite a brave decision, really. You know, bearing in mind, um, you know, it's, it's the thing that Liverpool suffered from most, you know, in terms of the, the, the amount of change that they had last season. But I suppose it's different making changes when you're in control of those changes to some extent. I understand, obviously, Trent was, was an enforced call. Um, but I thought it was, it was for example, I, I would have, before the game, I was thinking, you know, you, you, don't, you don't get rid of both full-backs, really. That, it's been a long time since that's happened. And I, I'd have thought, you know, maybe, I wonder in Klopp's mind, if he'd have thought, well, maybe I should play Andy Robertson in this game. And, and leave Simicass out. But if he's made the promise to him that he's going to play, it's going to be quite difficult. But Simicass, I thought, did very well again. Um, and, I mean, James Milner, I've, I've got to say, I mean, I, I was concerned at the start of the game because uh, he struggled against Zahar a couple of seasons ago. I think it was the 4-3 game uh, at Anfield when uh, Zahar was absolutely magnificent. It was one of the best visiting performances by any player, I, I thought, that season. To, and Milner had a difficult day. I think he did. He get sent off as well. I think at the end for for kicking somebody up in the air. Anyway, might be wrong. Um, but yeah, he he was. Bear in mind, Zahar had played very very well the week before against Spurs, uh, and on his day is a, is an absolute handful. I thought James Milner handled him perfectly. He was aggressive, diligent, uh, very good. Sort of um, you know contributing in the attacking third, but. But dovetailing with that as well, the player who, again, performed absolutely brilliantly for me was Jordan Henderson. Um, the concern was without Trent, where do you get that sort of width and the, the crossing ability? But for Jordan Henderson with Milner on that right side, patrolled it so well, stopped the threat from Zaha and also offered a threat in attacking situations. So I thought right down that right-hand side, Liverpool were just brilliant, like really, really, really good, you know, um, could see, you know, the, the experience of Milner and, and Henderson, uh, excellence and and Salah as well. Thought worked very hard defensively as well to help his teammates out at certain times. So, really impressive performance. I mean, you've asked the question about the defence there, Steve. So I've rambled and I apologise, but I thought, you know, I thought it was quite telling afterwards. Just looking at some of the quotes from James Milner, and he's talking about Virgil Van Dijk's return and just how important that is. I mean, he said he, he called him Superman. And I think, again, it sort of got lost a little bit in the conversation last season because of the hysteria around Van Dyke's injury and, and what it meant. You know, you sort of got this almost counter-argument that, oh, well, you know, it's just one player. You know, Liverpool have got good results without him in the past. But, you know, James Miller thought he was, you know, described him as Superman. And I think without him, I just think Liverpool lost so much confidence. I think he's such an imposing-looking figure. When he's not there, it must have made the other players feel quite vulnerable, really, in, in some ways. You know, there's an extra vulnerability, not just in the way Liverpool played, but of somebody like Van Dijk, who, you know, such an incredible physique and, and personality, can get injured. I just saw that vulnerability spread across Liverpool very quickly last season. Feels like now, he, has, he hasn't really started the season brilliantly, I'd say, Van Dijk. I think he's still feeling his way back in, but I just think his presence just gives the rest of the team, all the players around... So much more confidence. I just, I just think it. You know, the goalkeeper's been brilliant as well. Alison Becker started the season superbly. I've got to say, I thought he, he was really important against Crystal Palace. Made some big saves certain times, including the one you said at the start there, Steve. 
It was a bit of a mess, but he, he made the save. Liverpool fall behind in the first minute. He, he made the save one way or another and made other good saves in the game. So those two players for me, if you get the goalkeeper playing well, get Van Dijk back to the level where he can be at, it's going to still take him time. I just think, you know, Liverpool are going to be very difficult to stop this season, to be honest. If that can, if that works out, I would say. And I mean, I'll let James answer about Canate because I know he's done a piece about him this morning. It's probably been watching him a bit closer than I was because I was I was there in a non-working capacity on something. Well, well, he's going to have, he's going to be a bit more comfortable, isn't he, Canate, if Virgil Van Dijk's alongside him, James? Yeah, I, th- I think that definitely helped. Um, you know, I think it also, you know, Klopp has adopt- adapted a kind of. Um, you know, a similar stance with him as he has with, with, with a number of his other new signings over the years where rather than throw them straight in, he's kind of eased them in, in gently. Um, you know, he, he spoke after the game on Saturday, Klopp, about the kind of having to, having to Canati having to adjust his game um, in terms of what Liverpool need from him tactically and the benefits of having spent the first month of the season kind of watching and, and learning um, and then you know, come Saturday, he felt he was ready, and I, I thought it was a, yeah, a, you know, a, a really, really impressive start for him. I think you can you can see why he was the priority for Liverpool in the transfer market this summer. Um, you know, he 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 is the perfect fit, I think, for that high defensive line. With you know, he's he, he's so strong, but also incredibly quick. I think there was a couple of times where. You know, players' movement caught him out a little bit, but he, he recovered brilliantly. You know, there was you know a couple of big instances. One in the first half with Zaha, where you know he was too strong for Zaha. Zaha ended up hitting the deck and kind of a half-hearted penalty appeal that was quite rightly waved away. And then you know there was the one with Benteke where um, he got back and made a really important block. And then even in the second half, where you know on on first viewing, I thought Edward had, had got away from Canate and got the shot off. Um, when Alisson saved, but actually, when you watch the replay back, you know it was Canate had actually got a really important foot in, and, and the and the ball was already being diverted behind for a corner before Alisson inter- intervened. So um, I think we oh, need an intervention here, James. Come on, chaos. Come on. <laughs> Milo clearly doesn't agree, um, but no, I, 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 you know, when when you think it, you know, it's always difficult, isn't it? Twenty two year old. Lad, you know, come into you know a new country. I know he's he's settled in Blundell Sands, just down the road from Simon. Um, and he uh, <laughs> no he, wonder he struggled for getting the team. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> so he's um, yeah, you know, and, and and I think you know what for Klopp, he he literally has gone from one extreme to the other, hasn't he? To go from you know to the the famine of last season in terms of the centre backs to now the feast of having. You know, five senior centre backs. I mean, we haven't even seen Nat Phillips yet, who was absolutely integral to Liverpool qualifying for the Champions League with his form in the last few months of last season. I'm sure we'll see him at, at Norwich in the Carabao Cup on on Tuesday night. But um, but yeah, that you know, and and I think you know that is a nice headache to have. I think probably Matip on his form so far, you'd imagine he would probably come back in for Brentford at the weekend because I think Matip and Van Dijk. You know that they have set the tone for this season with that defensive solidity, but um, yeah, I think there were really promising signs at the weekend of Canate getting back up to speed, and you know, for all the for all the the brilliance of Mane and Salah, you know, this this kind of latest challenge for what we hope will be you know a, a sustained title challenge 
is, is built on really firm foundations, you know, four clean sheets out of five. I think you have to go back to 1977, 78, to the last time Liverpool had reached this point, having only conceded one one goal in in the top flight. So, um, yeah, and and just as Simon said, you know, you, you, you just can't even begin to really put into words just the difference that Van Dijk makes to this team. And... You know, it's it's the knock on effect throughout the entire structure of the team. It's not just the bat line that looks stronger. I think everything functions better as a result of his presence. Is there a hint of this season almost feeling already a little bit like Liverpool of two seasons ago? You know, looking like they mean serious business. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think the because it, it's you know it's not far off the same team, is it? It's you know there's been a few few tweaks here and there obviously but I, I, I think you know I, I think the, the squad for all the for all the talk of squad depth when you think when Klopp has you know he, he is rotating more than than previous seasons I think he touched upon it again at the weekend that um, you know yes Liverpool had some horrendous bad luck last season with freak injuries that you just couldn't have done anything about like like Van Dijk's like Thiago's but I, I think you know, there were probably also times when players broke down when, you know, with hindsight, he probably would have said, well, you know, if only, if only I'd rotated a bit more. And I think you know, we've seen already that some people might doubt the depth that he's got, but he doesn't. You know, he showed that with the fact he threw Origi in, um, you know, last week against Milan. You know, we've seen it. Simicus, I don't think anyone now questions whether he is able to fill that Robertson void and give him a breather at times. You know the um, you know I I guess the only real concern at the moment is 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 in that centre midfield department as we as we await news on Thiago because you certainly won't want to lose him for any significant period of time. You know he he complained of discomfort in his calf when he went off at the weekend, but um, but yeah, it's it, it, you're right, Steve. I think there are there are shades of Liverpool looking again like a team that's capable of breaking past the ninety point barrier. Um, and you know, and you know, they they only failed to do that last season for for very well documented reasons, which I think at the moment, and of course it's early days, but they they, they look they look like they've you know they've they've got that kind of swagger back, and they look pretty relentless. Naby, of course, came on. Naby lad. Uh, and and scored the third Simon and and he scored the sort of goal that I think when he joined the football club, this was the image of him that we had, wasn't it? Those those big moments, big goals, long range strike. It was a hell of a strike, followed by what looked like almost um almost a Cantona celebration. You you know he stood sort of arrogantly to say, yeah, that's what I'm all about. Well, it was a, it was an incredible finish. I mean, uh, I've got to be honest, I was quite. It came out of nowhere, really. I mean, we haven't, as you say, you see, we haven't really seen seen that in his game. I mean, I, I, I've got to be honest. When he when he signed, I thought Liverpool were getting, you know, an, an aggressive player, a pressing player, um, somebody who liked the sort of the physical side of the game. That was the the report. That were the main sort of reports coming back from Germany at the time, um, and just because of his his incapacity to to finish games and. And be available for long periods of time. We haven't really seen that. I mean, it's his fourth season now, um, but he's still, you know, still relatively quite a young player, isn't he? So, um, I still think I get the impression Klopp still one hundred percent believes in him. Um, 
has 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 picked him at, at important times. Um, and I mean, that, if that doesn't give him any, you know, the confidence that's needed to go and to go and have an impact, then then nothing will, I suppose. So they're going to have to capitalise on that. I mean, it's 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 a really interesting area, the pitch midfield, because I mean, I, I did share some concerns, you know, when Wijnaldum went, I thought, you know, he's an excellent player. I think he needs replacing, but. Um, even with Harvey Elliott being injured, there's a lot of options there for Klopp at the moment. Curtis Jones hasn't really had that much of a look in yet. I thought he looked quite lively when he came on the other day. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, another one, as you say, Cater. So there's a lot of options in that area, the pitch. Um, the problems last season, of course, as we've mentioned so many times before, is when you're having to play midfielders in defence. So you're losing in two positions there. Hopefully that won't be the case this season. Um, but it was the first time we've really seen that well, not the first time, but but the first time at home in front of a full Anfield where you see the three who people would say, who would have said 12 months ago will be the, the main three. Obviously, Thiago, Henderson and Fabinho. Um, I, I would say, you know, over the next couple of months, if, if Thiago is OK, that would be the, the sort of the strongest three. Um, but he's got lots of options there, hasn't he? So it's, it's, it's um, I think, as Klopp said, it's, it's, a, it's a very strong squad. I think people underestimated the squad, um, and I, I think they all, you know, they'll they'll go close this season. Liverpool, um, you know, providing they can get through that that January period where if if Salah and Mane are away, that is going to be a big challenge because they're they're obviously two brilliant players. James, going back to what you were saying about rotating as well, and he he started to do it almost perfectly because. People have questioned some of the um, the players that have, have maybe played in certain games. But again, there's another opportunity this week with the Carabao Cup. So you would imagine the likes of Kelleher, Gomez, Phillips, Oxlade-Chamberlain, they're all going to get much-needed game time as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we'll see we'll see a, a, a large amount of changes, undoubtedly. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing whether we maybe see a couple of debuts as well. And Cade Gordon, you know, the, the, you know, I think a young player that... Has impressed everyone massively since since Liverpool signed him from from Derby County for for a million pound back in back in January. And um, I was at the academy actually last Wednesday afternoon for the UEFA Youth League game, and um, he was the he was the best player on the pitch by a mile. You know he was, and you know Milan tried to kick lumps out of him a few times, and they still struggled to stop him. Um, and, and I know that the staff and the senior pros were were massively impressed by him during the. The training camp in in Austria, and I think it was very telling as well that when Klopp, kind of when he, when he got quite a few of the established internationals back later on in pre season, and a lot of the younger players went back home. Kay Gordon was one of those who was retained for the for the full camp, and um, certainly when Shakiri left, it, you know I was I was told then that you know that certainly in terms of the domestic cups, they see Kay Gordon as 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 kind of. You know, almost the Shakiri replacement on that front, and um, I certainly don't think he, anything's happened since then to to kind of dent his chances of featuring against Norwich. And you know, it's remarkable, really, when you think he's not even doesn't even turn seventeen till October. But um, yeah, I think you know, I expect to see him start on the right side of the attack. And it was interesting as well. No, no, Connor Bradley, I think, with the under twenty threes at the weekend. Um, again, obviously with Trent being ill. Um, and obviously James Milner having put in such a big shift on on the weekend, you just wonder whether we might see Connor Bradley as well, the the, the young right back. So um, we we've seen it before, haven't we? That you know Klopp, you know, is 
is more than prepared to to put his faith in youth. Um, and yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to to Norwich because I think hopefully we'll see a continuation of a theme so far this season, which is that when Klopp has made changes, when he has done things that might be, you know, could be seen as a gamble, that those gambles have paid off because those players handed chances have really stepped up and delivered. And as you said before, Steve, there's other there's senior pros there as well that you know, need to make a statement. You know, someone like Oxley Chamberlain, who despite the absence of you know, despite the absence of other players, hasn't been able to force his way in so far this season. You know, Oxley Chamberlain should be looking at this game as absolutely huge for him in the in the context of proving he should have a bigger role to play. The same with Minamino, you know, not had a chance since he came back from a real mixed loan spell at Southampton. You know, where does he fit in? I don't think anyone really knows at the moment with Minamino. It's I mean, his Liverpool career doesn't really feel as if it's even got off the ground. So, uh, so yeah, it's um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, Origi's another one. You you could probably write down that Liverpool team because you know the players that need some time. Side, so is it a massive gamble for you? Are you bothered if Liverpool go out of the Carabao Cup, the the League Cup? What's your perception on it? Well, I so my personal view is I, I like you know I th- I think they should be going for every competition personally, but. I, and we just sort of spoken the squad up as well there, you know. So we can't can't say, well, we've got a great squad, but equally, you know, just just sort of ignore this competition. I I think it's a a very important competition potentially if you treat it in the right way, because if you win the cup, uh, the league cup, it comes in you know February March time. We've seen before how that can give teams confidence going into the sort of last straight of the season. We saw it in um, 2001, didn't we? And, exactly, and they all refer yeah. back to that. Yeah, yeah. They said, you know, that win that win gave them, you know, a massive amount of confidence. I think, you know, when you think back about sort of Jürgen Klopp as well, when, when he started, I mean, he didn't prioritise the League Cup when he came in as Liverpool manager. He nearly went out to Carlisle. Let's not forget, they went to penalties at Anfield in a really awful night in many ways. But they ended up getting to the final that year. And I think... I know they lost the final, but it gave the fans a huge amount of confidence. I know that was then and this is now. But I think if you give the fans a sort of the trip to Wembley early on in this season, um, and you happen you, you end up winning the competition, I think it's it can be a massive, massive bonus. I think it's not everything should be judged just by, you know, sort of the financial implication. I think the players are hungry for trophies as well. Um I mean we've seen how Manchester City have have, have given that competition a lot of respect over the last few years. I understand City arguably, you know, can 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 maybe afford to do that, but I think Liverpool are in a, in a position to maybe be able to do that now. Um, I suspect, as James says, he'll play a sort of a, a much changed team, but the, I feel that it should be a competition even more so than the FA Cup, maybe because the FA Cup, the, the schedule of it, comes at a very difficult time if you're if you're trying to get to the final and play a final around. You know the back straight to the season when you potentially got a league and a and a and a Champions League if, if everything's going brilliantly, of course. But for me, I I I think they should they should be looking to to try and win it. Personally, I've I've never really uh, understood why you wouldn't. Uh, they've got a strong squad now. You can utilise it. Um, and you know I think Liverpool are capable of dealing with it. Again, it comes to January though, Steve, doesn't it? Because the semi final will be in January when Salah and, and Mane aren't available. Um, my professional answer is I don't suspect I don't think Klopp really thinks about it <laughs> in the same way that I do. 
He, he quantified that perfectly. Right, let's finish on this one. I know you two lads love your Sunday league football and your amateur football. Best moment of the game for me against Palace was James Milner whacking the ball like a narc against the Palace player who was one yard away from him and then yeah. proceeding to kick off on him for absolutely no reason whatsoever. It was proper Sunday league, wasn't it? He, he lost his own head. James, yeah. you, ever, you ever done that? Ever kick the ball at someone a yard away? No, Steve, my um, my disciplinary record is impeccable. You know that. Oh, I've, I've seen James lose his temper before. I never lose. I never lose. What about Rome? What about Rome? What about Rome when you lost your temper there with me? Oh, that was on a football field, though. I know, but you can lose your temper though. All right, no, I did. like this nice guy. I did. I did once lash out at Ian Doyle and boot him in the shins after he he pulled my shirt during five aside. Come on, did you not enjoy it when he did that? The um, the uh, no, I did. I did enjoy that from James Milner, and um, yeah, I mean, what that was, as Simon touched on earlier about. You know, I actually look back, and Liverpool have only had seven red cards right in the last five and a half years, and Milner has had two of them, both against Palace, both for kicking lumps out of Wilfred Zaha, and. And um and, and he did such a great job on him didn't he, on the weekend and even yeah. better he somehow didn't get booked there was a like there was he seemed to be leading a charmed life at times but um but yeah I was that was there was some classic James Milner there on the weekend and uh, yeah just reminded you how lucky we are still to have him you're a narc si, aren't you on the pitch um yeah sometimes I mean as I got older I think I got narkier. <laughs> When I was younger, I wasn't narky, but as I got older, I got a bit narkier. But have you ever been sent off, side? Um, I haven't been sent off. No, been booked a few times. Uh, I, I got I got booked for persistently fouling a lad I went to school with who hadn't seen for years. I just thought I'm gonna like try and kick you, and the referee calls on to it. Yeah, I had to pay a fine for that. That was annoying. For um, how much? It was only I think it was ten or fifteen quid, but that was about ten years ago. That. Um, but yeah, yeah, I I love I love James Miller's performance at the weekends. It was it was it was the performance of a gnarly old pro who just wasn't 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 taking any shit basically for the day. Um, and I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, it did make me laugh, as you say, Steve. He, he sort of caught, I think the game needed that little bit of sort of aggro at that time as well because Liverpool were coasting a little bit. The game was coasting. And um, yeah, it sort of fired everybody up. And um, I noticed James MacArthur was trying to, as the captain, be the sort of almost a local hard man. And then ended up ended up looking a bit a bit daft in the next sort of ten minutes because Liverpool just passed the ball around him. Um, but yeah, Mil- Milner for me, I mean, I, I I think it was an excellent performance. One of the one of the great, potentially one of the great underrated performances of the season. If we if we look back at it next summer, maybe. Top, top, man. Brilliant from James Miller. Thank you very much, uh, guys. Hope you enjoyed the, the Red Agenda today. My thanks, of course, to Cy and uh, to James. Red Agenda Extra is going to be back after the Norwich game and, of course, previewing the Brentford game as well. They're coming thick and fast. We'll see you then.